Okay. Shall we? Let's do it, baby. All right. You're entering a realm which is unusual. Maybe it's magic or contains some kind of monster. The second one. Prepare to enter. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Good, 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 good news, everyone. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. My name's Willie. Hello, I am Daniel. And uh, we want to welcome you all to the very first episode, first of many episodes of Welcome to the World of Tomorrow, a Futurama-centric podcast. But me and my guy, Danny D, um, are the bestest of friends. So, you know, we're probably going to meander as we go through. Yeah, yeah. We, we have been 25, uh, our friends for 25 years at this point. So there will probably be a lot of babble back and forth, but we will keep it Futurama-centric. <laughs> we will... Uh, ensure that um, it's entertaining exactly. to those of you who enjoy the show. And we're going to try and do our best to um, keep this interesting for listeners who are both just starting the show, as well as uh, longtime viewers who have seen the series through and through, like Willie and I have many millions of times. Yeah, at least, I mean, I don't, definitely more than a dozen. I don't know if it's two dozen at this point. Maybe I yeah, should. Well, maybe, so- maybe that's a number that I shouldn't try to calculate. Um, yeah, it's a little depressing and it's a little ex- exciting, you know. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I've watched it maybe, maybe like a dozen times through while I'm paying attention, and then maybe another dozen times through another screen or through my eyelids, or I'll put it on when you know as background background noise. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna start off um, with episode one today. As you can imagine, the first episode of a podcast covering a TV show is going to start off with covering the first episode. Um, but before we get into the episode itself, um, we wanted to do a little segment uh, that we call "Good News, Everyone." Good, good news, everyone. Okay, I, I just played our sound clip. Uh, <laughs> okay. PD can't hear it on you his end. It's a technical <clears throat> difficulty we're gonna work through. But uh, I think the you know what, baby. Heard it's the first one. We're going to have some uh, hiccups, but we are just uh, appreciative of our listeners being on bumps on the road with us. Fast and loose. Fast and loose, baby. <laughs> Fast and loose. And I think we uh, we typically want to start each of our podcasts out um, instead of jumping right into Futurama, you know, getting a little loosey-goosey with just some good news. Um uh, you know, yeah, it can quick, be current events. Um, it can be personal. Exactly. Over time, you guys are going to get to know us. You, the listener, will mm-hmm. get to almost become the th- a third friend. We, the three of us, can be the three musketeers. Me, Petey, that's one of the nicknames. Me, Petey, <laughs> and the listeners. And uh, I hope in time we can all grow to love each other. I. <clears throat> I am not uh, as excited for everyone to be this this close to us, but absolutely <laughs> in our periphery. You know what? We'll read. Ideally, we'll read fan mail and uh, eventually all, yeah. all different types of information of, of information about our readers. And maybe I'll change my tune. You can um, melt my cold, icy, uh, Hoffian heart. Yes, so Hoffian. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I actually don't know if I've heard anyone say who. If you are from Hoth, what are you? But I think that's probably the best guess. Right. Well, the, you know, if you're from Ohio, you're a fucking Buckeye. Like you could be so Hoth. You could be like, a Hawk oh guy. yeah, we're the, we're. The, we're... Hawk <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> Not a Hawk. 
I was going to say like a tauntaun or something, you know? <laughs> oh, that's true. Like a kiwi, the way like a, if you're from New Zealand, you're a kiwi. Because isn't right, that where right, the kiwi yeah, bird is from? That's not the fruit, right? It's the bird. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it looks like a kiwi. Isn't that it? Isn't that the, isn't that the fucking deal? It looks like a kiwi with a straw poked in it. I've literally <clears throat> never thought about it. But you're you know right. what? Fuck it. it it's does. on podcast. I'm going to Google it. What does a kiwi bird look like? Am I, mean, I right? If you want to know what a kiwi looks like, just ask Victoria. Victoria. Because Victoria she used to draw uh, back in elementary school. We had a classmate who used to, Victoria used to Cat draw obsessed. kiwi birds all the time. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, first she was the cat girl, and I know everyone, right. everyone's school has a cat girl, but then eventually, I remember in art class, multiple art projects were Victoria chooses or to kiwi. do a kiwi bird. What a fucking 180. And this girl also put magnets on computers. You know what? We digress. She is <laughs> probably a, she's probably a vet or a computer tech at this point. God knows. But yes, I'm looking at a kiwi right now, and it's absolutely, it absolutely looks like looks a, like, a, uh, a, like a kiwi fruit, but with a beak. Yeah, yes, exactly. So, on to our good news. My good news is most likely going to be um, Epicurean or food centric every single fucking time. Uh, I'll just throw that one out there. But I'm heading up to Portland, Oregon, to see my brother for Christmas. Beautiful. And I've conned him into letting me do fondue, and I've made fondue in like probably four years. And for those of you who don't know, my last name is Cheeseman. So I am always moister than an oyster to have any cheese. melted cheese based foods. It's literally hereditary. It, it is in nothing but sweet, sweet nacho cheese run through these crusty veins. Uh, Absolutely disgusting and heartwarming. <laughs> you know what? That's my motif. So are we talking? Uh, are we talking cheese fondue and chocolate fondue, or are we talking just just the cheese? So the fondue set is one bowl, and I think we're the the hardest part is satisfying all those because I like to be honest, I like a drippier, wetter, meltier fondue. Some people like the really yeah. When it's ones. really hard, okay. Here's my thing: is yeah, when you get the really stringy ones mm -hmm. and you have a certain like, let's say you dip a piece of bread in there, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. it's so the surface tension of the thick fondue is too much and it doesn't even really stick. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't really coat it. It kind of goes Absolutely. in and comes out and it's your bread is still dry. And your or or it is split and your bread is just soaked in cheese oil with none of the actual like curdly goodness that you want to be entwined upon that like curdly artisanal goodness. bread fork. <laughs> so, so I'm very much hoping I don't fuck it up because that's gonna be our probably Christmas Eve dinner. Then we're doing, I think, I don't know, Prime Rib or something for Christmas Day. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm thinking we'll do a, a fondue in the actual fondue pot that I got them for Christmas. A little early early birthday or early Christmas present for them. <clears throat> kill two birds we'll with one the stone there. In a pot. Yeah. Kill two, kiwis with, kill, kill two kiwis with one magnet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that sounds delicious. We, uh, yes. we My girlfriend and I are going to go uh, to Philly this year. My family's doing it in Philly. That's where my brother lives, so... I've never really been to Philly before. I am sad not to go home and see um, our friends from home um, yeah. and have them meet her. But uh, we're going to be in Philly, and I'm excited because I feel like it'll be pretty chill. I've never been to my brother's place there. Um, obviously, COVID stuff is picking back up, so who knows like what we can really do. But um, Yeah, I mean, we, we're both – It'll be fun. So full disclosure, full – 
full HIPAA disclosure, and I'm going to do this on your behalf. We're both vaccinated and boosted. We're both Moderna men, I believe. Uh, so I, at that point, you know what? I think at that point, if it's been two weeks and you're flying out, like obviously take standard precautions. Don't go like, you know, walking around trying to like make out with strangers airport or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, how hot yeah, are okay, they? Okay, yeah, fair. How hot yeah, are yeah. they? Yeah, I mean, no one below a seven. No one below a seven. Well, and also, Seven's okay, enough. I'm not to make the math harder, but what is a Philly seven compared to a Bay Area seven? Oh, Jesus. PD okay, and I live so in the is, Bay Area, so this what is are we true. talking? And, and, East Coast, and, and West Coast, We maybe. also have a... No, so hold on. I, I'm so glad you don't have the East Coast, West Coast thing. So this is very difficult because uh, East Coast, West Coast, absolutely fair. But think about... North Bay to South, or not South Bay, North Bay to SoCal. Like you're talking That's Bay true. Area babes and SoCal babes, like the dongs, completely different. The dongs are different. Absolutely. The D's are different D. Dongs. The D's, the D's are D. D. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. Different dongs right? for different songs. I, I, I tried to pull one out Wrongs. of my ass. I couldn't. Maybe I'll put one in instead. <laughs> tip of the hat. Okay. Just the tip. <laughs> yeah. Just- <laughs> <laughs> all right oh my god okay so that's good that was enough good news uh, well, let's jump into the episode so we are talking about episode one this is the pilot of futurama it's called mm-hmm. space pilot 3000 um and one thing i'll say off the outset i do enjoy the namings of uh futurama episodes generally they usually are do a little bit of fourth wall breaking which is great Right. And I love that they actually played on the word pilot. Like, you know, I feel like when you go and look at every other show on Hulu, Netflix, whatever it's listed as, it's either got a standard episode title or pilot. The Futurama kind of amalgamated those into the idea of Space Pilot 3000. Like, I thought I thought it was, was pretty clever. I honestly had not really put that together until I started... <clears throat> Rewatching it probably a couple of years ago when I was like, oh. Yeah, well, because the thing is, when you, now that we watch stuff online, you can see the episode name. But when you watch it on TV back in the day, like when it was airing, they didn't have, they yeah. wouldn't tell you what the episode name was. So it's like. And big, big question for you. So we're both 30. So the original one aired in 1999. Were you allowed to watch Futurama slash Simpsons back in the day? Yeah, actually, I'm like glad you brought this up. I was, because I did want to ask, I did want to go over what, what was what was our beginning of our respective Futurama journeys. Now that we're you know fully obsessed, um, for me it was I definitely was allowed to watch. I remember watching the first episode. I remember it being like we all watched my whole house watched The Simpsons. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. people probably know Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons, also is the creator of Futurama, um, and right. so. It was sort of like, well, we all love The Simpsons. He's making a new show, and it's going to be like sci-fi. And I remember being like, oh, like the future of space, like cool. Um, and so I remember seeing the first episode and some of the scenes we'll talk about in a minute um, mm-hmm. and just kind of being like, it's weird to think back. It's like when you visit a place before it's relevant to you, and then you like – like when, I, when you visit college campus before you go there, and then when you graduate, you realize like this place seemed so unfamiliar to me. <laughs> Four yeah. years ago. But then now, like, looking on these first episodes, I'm like, it feels very quaint at the same time, but I still remember what it felt like to watch it. Yeah, so I... <clears throat> the first remember I remember what, or episode I remember watching, we were going over to the Morgan's house, which is, again, a mutual friend of ours from home. 
and it was Sunday afternoon in the summer, and I really wanted to watch Futurama, and I was like plucked from the television. But it was the Robot Fighting League. Uh, oh yeah. When Bender is the the Bender the offender, subsequently the gender Bender, <laughs> which probably wouldn't fly nowadays. Um, but that was like the first episode that I really remember watching, which I think was like season two or three. So that would have been like 2002. It's probably the beginning of my Futurama journey, I believe. Okay. So yeah, I've, um, you know, I've, it's, I've loved it for longer than you have, and that's not a big deal, and it's not a competition. <laughs> You're also, what, 15 days older? So can you even remember that far back, Grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I can definitely remember. <laughs> um, uh, okay, well, great. Yeah, and basically ever since, um, I, I think it was probably around the time it, the episodes went on to Netflix. I that's why when I really started rewatching it, um, I remember like they played on Comedy Central for a while, like as reruns. I think um, so you could see them during mm-hmm. the day. Um, but yeah, ever mm-hmm. since it's kind of just been that um, anxiety watch, you know, where you just watch the same thing because it comforts you, uh, kind of yeah. thing. And I am fully yeah. guilty of that as a as a bad habit. But was this was this also one of the um... Uh, quarantine, like, fuck it, put it on kind of things where you're like, yeah, I'll watch 100 plus episodes of this show. I have no problem I actually, like, putting it on. I'm like, just doing it. I don't know if <clears> I really, <throat> I probably watched at the beginning of quarantine now that it, the shit has lasted two years basically, but um, I haven't really, it's been a while since I've rewatched it. And when I say a while, I'm, I mean six months or plus. <laughs> so this, our, us doing the, the podcast was like, well, I was going to rewatch them anyway. Well, let's, uh, Daniel and I might as well just finally do this thing that we've been talking about doing for a long time as I rewatch them. Yeah. So, and now I'll pay close attention. But, um, yeah. so this episode really obviously as a pilot is a kind of the foundation of everything. Um, so the first scene we open on is like Fry working at this pizza place, which, you know, they'll do references on to Panucci's pizza later on. Um, but basically mm-hmm. it's the start of us seeing that Fry's life you know, basically sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I love that it very much encapsulates 1999 New York city, what everything is like. Fry is riding his bike. He's playing uh, video games and there's some snot nosed little brat, clearly voiced by Tress McNeil with, you stink loser. <laughs> that has been one of my favorite lines. Seldom brought up. I think in one of the later movies, they play it like six or seven times. Oh, really? Okay. Critical, it's a very critical role. The one with Lars, uh, Lars and his fabulous jars. Fry goes back in time. Uh, with the, the, the nude, nudist, oh, right, right, nude right. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that, that, that was one of my favorite lines. Yeah, let's, let's um, hear the clip. Let's hear the clip. Yeah. That's how you play the game. You stink, loser. <laughs> it's just, I don't know why it's the, the it's the voice. I don't know who voices this character. I couldn't find it. But it's got like a very 1990s Rugrats cartoon esque yeah, no, in my mind. It's definitely one of those voice actors that does, you know, because a lot of these shows only have like five, six main voice actor right. people. So a lot of the people you hear doing the main voices will do auxiliary ones like this. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, and so, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. 
So we also find out that it's New Year's Eve, basically, right? And so Fry mm-hmm. has got to deliver a pizza for, for Mr. Panucci. And I do love uh, when it shows the pizza box. It's Panucci's pizza. And it's got the classic kind of like Italian chef giving you an okay. But then his speech bubble, instead of being like, New York's best pizza or whatever, it says, do not tip delivery boy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish DoorDash, Uber Eats, et cetera, had the same policy. I just tipped like... $15 on $80 worth of dumplings last weekend. Oh, well, I mean, that's generous. <clears throat> yeah. um, oh, I also just noticed as, as we're playing this cr- this clip, I just noticed that Fry walks past O'Grady's Pub, which is the exact same facade and name in the future, but it's Ozorganax Pub. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never I never put the... the it's like, sort of yeah, like, like whatever the- Irish is in Alien in the future... Yes, exactly. And Aliens, yes, that is hilarious. Well, to ask Lula's mom what it is. Yeah. So then we see, uh, we basically get the idea in a very quick succession that Fry's girlfriend dumped him because he sees her in a cab with some other guy and she's like, I put your stuff out on the sidewalk. Um, So it's just like (laughs) another one of those, like, here's an indicator that this guy's life sucks. So he he delivers this pizza and he basically finds out that uh, he's been pranked. And lowbrow beer. Don't forget that, that in New York in 1999, it's a very standard custom to, to deliver a six-pack of lowbrow, L-O-B-R-A-U. Well, that's, a, in, that's the same uh, brand, I think, in the future, too, that they have. Yeah, yeah I think it is. Yeah, so it Fry basically... for a thousand years. Yeah, so Fry uh, delivers this prank pizza to Icy Wiener, um, and it's at the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, the freezing center. Cryogenic freezing, freezing lab. center. <laughs> So icy being the operative pun there. <laughs> um, so one thing I wanted to mention here yeah. is as Fry is falling into uh, this tube, he plays his and then falls backwards. Mm-hmm. Graining is notoriously clever about putting little shit in, even to his pilots and to everything else, whatever. You can actually see, and again, this is where we're going to get skip a little ahead a little. So, skip by a minute if you don't want any spoilers. Uh, but you actually see right here Nibbler's shadow, and oh. it's not superimposed in right there. I see it. I never superimposed noticed that. In. It's not superimposed in subsequently. It's actually part of the original episode because Graining had this whole idea and everything written out. Of like, how uh, did Fry get to the future? Why did this right. guy and this whose is life not, sucks? Exactly. What was the what was the crux and the reasoning behind this? Um, and I don't know. I just very that's beautiful. very clever. Yeah, very clever writing. And um, uh, I was I was very impressed with uh, Matt Craning on that one here. So Fry gets frozen for a thousand years. We see how the dial go. And then we kind of get this like fast forwarding of time out the window. So Fry's still in the foreground, which I love this shot. This is one of the most memorable shots when I first watched it. Um, yes. I love that first aliens attack and every the world is destroyed. And then trees grow back. And then it's these, you get these castles. It's sort of medieval. But then aliens come again to destroy those. And then the sort of future buildings <clears throat> that we are kind of familiar with come up. Um, and Fry is like eventually unfrozen. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I very much enjoy that we go medieval, like in like the year twenty four hundred, and then we go then we skip, way, way, way more. Yeah, then we skip. <laughs> yeah, you skip two thousand years and then get back to three thousand. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I, um, maybe this is a. 
in a future episode, or maybe it's a Mandela effect thing, but I feel like that original one was longer uh, when I was younger. And I don't know if it was like we see another sequence of this later on, or maybe I'm confusing it with that going forward in time no, episode. I, I, that's funny you mentioned that because I feel the same way. I, I think um, I think in my mind, thinking back on it, like if I were to play it through, there's like three or four different civilizations. Like there's like there's one where like, like the robots are the uh, thinking the practically that's yeah 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 thinking practically that is uh way that's a difficult and expensive animation for a pilot and b they're just trying to get the idea across that like a large volume of time has has passed so they don't it's like not yeah necessary yeah they're not trying to spend too much time right and this is so one other thing i wanted to bring up is this is a very flashy and very insanely impressive animations when you see those those cars hovering and moving around, those are three D onto a two D, or not three D onto a two D background. These buildings actually look three D as well. Which, if you compare a, this episode to an episode of The Simpsons in nineteen ninety nine, you will yeah. be very much impressed by this. Even though now, by by today's standards, they, it seems rudimentary. They definitely spent uh, a lot of money on the the 3D renderings for like the cars. I know that I read a long mm -hmm. time ago that the intro sequence, which was you know 24 frames a second for TV, um, mm -hmm. took like that was probably one of the most expensive parts of making the pilot is like the, just like the intro of the show oh, really? because it's all all of it is like 3D rendered, and so like back then that type of rendering I think was like pretty expensive um and so it was like definitely a breakthrough at the time like you're saying yeah 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 so basically we fry um fry realizes that he's in the future and he's kind of like ah shit like no everyone i know is dead and at first he's kind of like well my life sucked so i'm happy about this um but then mm -hmm. as soon as he kind of meets um, our other, one of our other, the introduction of our other main character, one of our other main characters, Leela. It's the first time we get to see Leela. Taranga Leela. Taranga Leela. Um, we meet her as a sort of like, welcome to the future. This is my job. I'm here to like assign you a career. Um, so she wants to give him like a career chip so that he'll she, always be identifiable as like, this is your job. She works at... <clears throat> Luckily enough, not only the one building that survived both these apocalypses, right, but yeah. the one company that, that maintained power and, and even through the medieval part, through the medieval part, and through all of this. I mean, very impressive. This is this has got uh, quite the longevity to this thousand-year-old plus company, um, which. I don't know if you've ever thought about or or ever looked into actual cryogenics. I did a little bit. Uh, a few years ago, just out of, I saw a news article and fell down a rabbit hole. People are actually, and I shit you not, it's in like the fucking Nevada desert. Why would you put it in the fucking desert? I don't know. They wanted it to be somewhere remote. Are actually have their heads cut off and cryogenically frozen. It's a real thing. And not only is it real, it's like not wow. unpopular for people to do this. And it's like 25 grand. That's actually not And you that pay bad. like... No, twenty five grand to start, bitch, and then you pay in perpetuity until your head gets melted, oh. <laughs> or you just chuck it in the river. Well, then at that point, it's like eventually someone's going to stop paying. So why even? Try someone's going to run out of money. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I do like, want to yeah, play I this. Want... 
Oh, sorry. You can finish your thought. No, you're good. I was going to say, I, who the I fuck did... was going to be like, yeah, I'm going to pay for great grandpa's head to be frozen in Nevada. Fuck that. There's actually a really great Phil K. Dick book, something similar to that, which is like people's like consciousness gets frozen. It gets like sort of preserved onto a, a hard drive for some amount of time, like like a server kind of. Service. Oh, okay, it's yeah. Very good. But um, I did want to play this clip because this is like one. This is like the very one of the first really classic like Fry jokes that we get of just like Fry being an idiot. Wait a minute, is that blimp accurate? Yep, it's December thirty first, twenty nine ninety nine. My God, a million years. <laughs> so he basically learns, <laughs> I went from 1999 to 29.99, and he says, oh my God, a million years, which I feel like, you know, Petey and I explaining these after you've heard them is probably going to make them less funny. But for us, these can just get funnier and funnier over time, I think. But I feel like this is one of those well, ones where they, they don't linger on it for too long. Like the timing of it is really good. The timing is really good, and so this also one other thing is you you kind of hear the lull and and the 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 audio is not mature in that kind of the timing is not perfect. Their conversations have a little bit of lag to them, and that's just basically how the the first season of Futurama is. The voice actors um, haven't really come into their stride with their character because they're not developed. So they haven't developed the voice for them and everything. Right. But I will, I, I, I agree. I think that that one was really good. And I just love the idea. Is that blimp accurate? <laughs> what a great question to ask too. <laughs> right. And dirigibles have been around since what? The turn of the century, 19. Oh, whatever. And there's a thousand years later, they're hey, still going effective. strong. Well done. And it's yeah. big too. It's basically just having like a big sign. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we basically see Fry get scared because he doesn't want to be a delivery boy again. And Leela's basically telling him, like, well, that's all you're good for. Like, you were a delivery boy, pizza delivery boy a thousand years ago, and, like, you're still going to be a delivery boy. So Fry runs away and is, like, trying to escape. But in doing so, um, he basically gets to explore some new kind of city things about, like, what's, what's it like in the future. Um, and I feel like one of the great sort of little changes of like modern society that Matt Groening puts in here is, you know, he goes to this tube system. So instead of the train, we get this like air tube system, like at a bank or whatever, but then that would require uh, an intricate tube system. Exactly. We hear uh, the guy in front of Fry getting into the tube. He goes, he, goes, he says radio city mutant hall instead of music hall, which I feel like is like one of those great little changes that Groening mm. puts in. Like, I feel like that type of subversion of expectations is like, part of the, his style, like generally, which is like why I like it so much. Um, so yeah, Fry basically is like testing out these future things and he doesn't really, he doesn't know what to do, right? So um, he kind of fails at it and people are calling him like a tourist and stuff. Um, and eventually he comes across like a phone booth and he's like, oh, well, I'm going to call my great, 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 great uncle, uh, the professor right. who we'll, we'll meet soon and obviously is uh, a main character of the show. Um, but it's basically Fry's only living descendant or relative, not descendant, but relative. So, so one thing I wanted to point out here <clears throat> is, is it his, Fry is his uncle. So he, so Professor Farnsworth is his nephew, which I didn't realize until I was stinking about it today, putting him in the old noodle compartment, mm -hmm. uh, which is both my brain and my butt. Uh, <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> He has to be 
Yancey's yeah. great, 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 yeah. yeah. So he is Yancey's kid. So th- and they never make mention of this. They never talk about it. Even I figured in the new Eps, they would do something about it from way back when in 2015 when they got rebooted by Comedy Central. But that means he's Yancey's direct descendant. Right. And they bring up the Farnsworth tree, the, like later down the road, they've got like, oh, Fry, where are you? And you're like on the, you're on this moldy, crusty branch that falls off, you know? But well, it could also be a be... different. Um, no, so that would be a cousin. cousin. Yeah, but you can call a yeah, nephew that... like that, right? Oh, maybe not. I mean, no, you're right. You're you right. Say, you feel like cousin. This like, is, oh, it's a distant. Look, cousin. I think you've blown it open. I think you've blown it wide open. <laughs> I got a sword that's going to crack this town wide open, Johnny. <laughs> I was very proud of myself. You're paying on this, too much uh, attention uh, now. I know. They're going to come I'm after you. Into, into the... <laughs> the suit or wait the, the sunset fox, squad you mean the fox execs <laughs> will it play in peoria <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we'll we, we get to uh we get to fry <laughs> sitting in line at what he thinks is a phone booth when it's really a, a suicide booth um and this is when he meets bender for the first time so we get to meet bender um and essentially they both try to he's like oh like let's get a twofer for this you know like fry and bender go into the suicide booth at mm-hmm. the same time and i love that fry unknowingly so right fry has no fucking clue he thinks it's a phone booth and so fry's trying to activate it and that's when bender comes in he's like fuck it like let's just do two at a time um but i love that bender has he's about to kill himself but he still is so cheap that instead of putting a quarter <laughs> in the 25 cents for uh the machine he puts he has a coin on a string and he like pulls it back out so that he can do it for free. And um, clearly, there if they actually died in there, there would not be a show. So they they survive the suicide booth, um, and Leela essentially continues to chase them. Um, and this is back. This is when we Fry and and Bender are enjoying a drink, and this is where we see them being at the O Ozorgnaxes or whatever. Yeah, I was yeah, I was organized. I I have no idea how to pronounce it to be to be honest, but um, it's literally like the exact same yeah, way. Yeah, Ozorgnax's pub. Um, so it's the same lettering as the uh, O'Malley's or whatever from the beginning. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Same which I love. It's sort of like here. yeah, it's sort of that thing of like oh, it's like it's New York, but we're still going to go to like the same bar, just kind of because we could link that <laughs> back right to the first to a thousand years ago. Right, um, and this is our first introduction to alienese in the background, which is an actual language. Like you, you underestimate how impressive the writing is on this show. They actually created a language. There's a slurm banner behind Bender. Yeah, so first time drinking at Ozorgnaxes. Slurm is obviously one of the <clears> big <throat> brands of the of this universe, and I love that we get to see it at the very beginning. Like they had written that in at the very beginning. Um, well, not only that, but that that alienese that's on there is an actual language that the writers wrote out, and the fans like decrypted it as episodes went through, and went back and like were able to translate all these things, and so you can go into like subreddit crazy. and see what okay. all the shit says. If you guys thought yeah. we were obsessed, that's a new <laughs> that's a new level. Um, so yeah, basically, Fry and Bender become friends while they're out drinking, kind of escaping Leela, but Leela catches up to them um, and chases them into the head museum. Which I love. I wanted to. I wanted to to talk about the heads for a second because I feel like the heads are such a good way to I, any science fiction show is going to have these little things where it's like, hey, I know that there's this type of paradox, or I know that this thing doesn't quite make sense. 
but we're going to give you one mm-hmm. little reason to just kind of cover all that up so you don't need to think about it. In the show The Expanse, right. which is like a Amazon series, a sci-fi Amazon series right now, the big one is like, why are they not floating around all the time? Everybody's in space and there's no artificial gravity. So why is no one floating? Well, they got mag boots. They got magnetic boots. And that's kind of like, uh, you don't need to worry about it anymore. People are going to walk around the spaceship with zero Gs because they got mag boots. And don't worry about it. Don't think about it. And so in this it's, case... It's basically with, just checking the box at the exactly. beginning. Fuck off. It's like, yeah. hey, don't question it. We thought about it. Here's like a blanket reason for it. So in this case, because Matt Groening often does so many pop cultural references in his writing, like obviously The Simpsons is very well known for that. In this mm-hmm. case, because 20th century people would all be dead by the 30th century... They do this idea of like heads in a jar so that purely just so they could bring the voices and the celebrity impressions and all of these kind of characters with them from the 20th century. So this is the first time we get to see like the president's heads or whatever. They're welcomed into the museum by Leonard Nimoy's head. Um, And we, uh, Nixon bites, uh, the Nixon's head is knocked onto Fry and he bites Fry and he's sort of like ferociously trying to apprehend him as just like a head. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I do love this part where um, the cops cu- catch up with Fry and they start beating him uh, 24th century style. But I love this uh, little clip from uh, the, the robot cop. Officers, there's no need to use force. Let us handle this, weirdie. So they're beating oh, Fry up. On. And He's just a poor kid from the stupid ages. Leela. Keep your big nose out of this, eyeball. No one makes fun of my nose. Yeah! Head kick from Leela. Robocop comes after. Damn. I love how he just goes, damn. <laughs> damn, baby. I love, I love and these two cop do- characters are great. In the future, yes, so. they they become. I did not re- even realize that they were in the first episode. They're kind of ancillary. Uh, they'll make it on the cast poster, but they're kind of only used when the police are needed to look like numbskulls. Otherwise, they kind of use um, the uh, interplanetary forces that Brandon and Kip. And while they also look like numbskulls, they're somewhat a little bit more competent, I would say. But um, yes, I love how that the the. Uh, robot cop <clears throat> is clearly playing on that trope of like the two partners they're mismatched one is like like the 80s like one's close to retirement the other's the young rookie yeah and like the robot is clearly like the like you're right you know like the sort of contrasting um, personalities yeah exactly but in the in the year 3000 that's always very entertaining and i'm glad he got more airtime uh as the as the series continued and they kind of realized that they're like actually very funny but it always used to bother me as a kid that their lightsabers weren't Star Wars canonical lightsabers. Yeah, which and they I think didn't is slice through them. They, which they is hilarious. It's yeah, like it's a, that's a good <laughs> yeah, joke in and of itself. They're literal bonk sticks, but it always grinded my gears. All right, off my pedestal. Continue. So we um, basically, and I'm in the interest of time. I'm kind of we're kind of skipping through some of it, but uh, basically they get chased into old New York, which is underneath new New York. Um, and Fry mm-hmm. kind of has this reflective moment, and so does Leela. They basically, basically, they basically both realize <laughs> we don't like our jobs, and so we're gonna. Leela takes out her job chip and is like, "Okay, Fry, like neither of you know, let's be free and kind of like choose our own destiny." 
Um, and that's when they go show up at um, the professor's house and, and we meet the professor uh, for the first time. I love the writing here where it's like, this is your permanent career chip forever. You'll never be able to go back. And then we later realize it's like a. Yeah, you <laughs> oh, can just sort of like yeah, take it out. It's the back of the hammer to get the nail out, right? right. You just flip it over and boop, pop it out. Interesting. Um, so we meet the professor basically, and I love, um, there's a line in here that they do a callback to in the second episode. Let me see what it. Is it the countdown? Because I was going to mention that too. No. Um, okay, let's see. This is Fry, and he confirms this is like. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Attention, job deserters. Come out with your hands up. We have you partially surrounded. <gasps> no! And then Bender, Bender literally shits a brick, which is a joke <laughs> that they bring in much later, too, I think. Um, well, he, does, he does it like three or four times. Yeah, I think so. Oh, here, also, this is it. Partially this is surrounded it. is just adjacent. We've got you part, they're just at the front door. Um, <laughs> so they're with Nixon. You know, Nixon wants revenge or whatever. Can't we get away in the ship? I suppose it is technically possible, though I am already in my pajamas. <laughs> Uh, which I love that reasoning of like, well, we could go, but I am in my pajamas. I could get arrested and stay in my PJs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, so they basically, then, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, then they jump in the spaceship here. And this was something that I thought was funny. And I'm going to, spoiler alert for next episode, they get in and there's a couple gags about Fry makes co- hits button and makes coffee. Then it's the professor, blah, blah, blah. But they are all here. And this is kind of the, um, the pinnacle of the episode. Yeah, the climax. This is where all the action's happening, the climax, exactly. Uh, they're ready to shoot him down, and they all start the countdown, and it's very uh, very well done that it ties back into a countdown from New Year's, and it's New Year's around the world. We see floating pyramids. We see alien, drunk aliens. We see the cryo guy, the heads. Very well done. But they have this whole long countdown to blast the spaceship off, and in next episode, as we'll see, uh, listener, when you get there, um, it takes two seconds to get to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> there is no countdown for the ship whatsoever. It's just completely like totally flip their switch. Well, there's on a it. there's a different gag with it that we'll get to when we talk about that episode. But yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like. And again, neither of us are bad about these inconsistencies because they set up the joke so well that it ends up like working, I think. And this is one of the most consistent shows. I would say there are a few others. Rick and Morty does a pretty good job, but there's also inconsistencies there as well. Like you just you can't write an entertaining show with the goal of having over 50 episodes without having inconsistencies that you need to hit you're not going to be able to right. even write out a whole you're not unless you're doing it after a fucking book and even then i mean christ game of thrones well lots of inconsistencies exactly yeah um so basically they escape and they realize the professor lets them know hey we need uh i need a new crew to work for me i have this like side business that pays for my research uh, you know, and I deliver cargo. Um, and so Fry's like, okay, great. What's my job? And the professor's like, okay, well, you're going to be responsible for making the car, making sure the cargo gets to the destination. He's like, you mean I'm a delivery boy? And he's like, exactly. But instead of being like crushed about it, like he was before, Fry is like ecstatic about it because now he's a delivery boy who gets to go into space. 
And that's kind of what gets <laughs> us to the pun of like Space Pilot 3000 is like, he finally gets to live out one of his dreams from like being a kid and like wanting to go to space. Right. And it's, it's something that also uh, is a very um, fun idea to think about like a thousand years in the future or in the past, how the mundane things to us would be unfathomable or amazingly cool to people from, from, from either way, you know, one way, one way or the other. Um, well, like, and Petey, that's uh, a great, uh, that's a great ending sort of message because that's one of my big themes for like the next episode. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Took the words right out of your mouth. So I think we're coming up at a, a at a good time here. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, very first sort of episode. Um, we wrap up with, yeah, basically Fry is sort of like thrilled that he gets to be in the future and then roll credits. Um, so yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed our very first episode. You know, we may have some te- we still, technical difficulties. We, we still got to rate it. We can't. We can't let them know uh, how good or how poor that it was or it was or wasn't. I'm so stupid. <laughs> stupid and 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 fat and and and. So uh, uh, thank you for reminding me. We got to rate this episode. So of um, out of out of five, let's go with um, this time. Let's go with career chips. How many career chips would you it. give this episode? I would honestly give this episode. I think the first half entertaining, splashy. My short attention span kind of fizzles out in the middle and then the end they brought it all together really well i'm gonna give it three and a half career chips yeah i you know what i'm gonna give it three and a half as well i think um you're right about some of the voice acting doesn't quite hit its stride yet right because it's a very it's a pilot mm-hmm. and a lot of times they make these pilots kind of ahead of everything else uh and so that they can test and they don't pour money into something that's not going to work so i think three and a half is good we do get to see, I think some of the pros are like, we get to see these first cut, um, characters and they give us enough time with each one. They're not kind of like, they don't do too much exhibition or anything, right? We kind of get yeah. it. The exhibition is done very well in the sense that it's not, it doesn't feel like someone's just telling you what happened. Um, but yeah, yeah, it exactly. doesn't have quite, it feels very flat compared to some of the adventures, you know, obviously of some of the future episodes, um, which is no fault of the pilot, right? It's got to be foundation, so... So yeah, and good. you know what, Matt Groening, Matt Groening, do not take it too hard. I'm sure once we go through every single episode, we're going to go back to this episode of our podcast and give it 3.5 career chips ourselves. So you know what, you're in good company. The pilot for a pilot. That's okay, so right. I've, I've recorded, we got a 3.5 and a 3.5, and so that makes the average a 3.5. Okay, well, thank you, everybody. Um, <laughs> we are going to be back next week with the second episode. Uh, which is titled yes. Series Has the series Landed. Has landed. Little of, a little bit of that fourth wall we were t- talking about earlier. Um, yep, looking forward to it, guys and gals. Great, we'll see you next time. <laughs>